2: Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. You know what? Sometimes a weekend off is a perfect tonic, unless you're about to go and play a football game in Asia. Welcome to Matt Monday, episode 24 of the Brisbane Football Review, here in the Switch 1197 studios for the Outside90 fan network. It's James, Scott and Adam here with you today. Guys, how'd you enjoy the weekend of raw free football?
1: Yeah, it was a very interesting weekend of uh, lack of football. So, for my withdrawals.
0: Scott? Close to no raw football, but was still the NPL. Oh, yes, that's right. Close. <laughs> okay, cl- no raw A-League football then. Yeah, it was all right. We'll yeah. get- I'm not a big fan, but we'll get to it later. <laughs> we'll get to the split round thing later.
2: <laughs> yeah, okay. So, as we mentioned, the raw, you know, weren't in action in the A-League this weekend. So, we're going to give it the, inter- the attention it deserves right now. And we're done. Let's move on to the Asian Champions League. What do you guys say?
1: I think we should.
0: I think we just stick with the A-League on the weekend. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it really wasn't great. So the Raw were back in action in Asia after nine days off, looking for redemption on the continent after an embarrassing 6-0 loss on match day two. On a cold, rainy night in Japan, as well as J-League champions also looking to rebound from a last-start defeat, meant the Raw went down 3-0 to the Kashima Antlers. The goals to Yuma Suzuki, Naomichi Ueda and Yasushi Endo saw the hosts add more misery to the Raw's floundering ACL campaign. Adam... How would you sum up the rules night?
1: Oh, a tough night. I think. Um, I think uh, the golfing class between. I think some. Well, at least the top of the J League and where the Roar are at the moment. I think is very apparent. And that was uh, sort of a. I wouldn't say a full strength, but it was a weaker um, antler side. So, look. I, I think Asia. I think. I think we're doomed. I think it's yeah. I think the golf is there and you know, yeah. It's. Yeah, it's a, it might be a lost cause.
2: Scott, can you provide us with a ray of sunshine? Well,
0: I did have two of their Brazilians, not one on the bench, not involved at all. But I'll take a little bit of a different tact, Adam. I thought we played okay. I thought we we were, we were far better than we were against all Sun. That's a starting point. But I, we just didn't have it in the final third last time. We could not. That final ball was not there. We had plenty of build up play, plenty of opportunity create to create chances. We just never got the final ball right. I mean, Broich and Holman in particular, their their passing in the final third just wasn't there last time. I think that was the biggest biggest drama that we had. It, it, was, we had plenty of like, yeah. it was he it had a lot of opportunities, but just didn't capitalise on them.
2: Well, two chances really jump out for me right off the bat. There was the Brett Holman one where the ball came to him after McLaren let it go through his legs. And look, it was a weak shot, still managed to get a corner out yeah. of it, but it did seem like he was taken by surprise yeah. by the fact the ball actually got to him. And then there was the Avram Papadopoulos chip shot, which... I'll tell you what it would have been a fantastic yeah. way to mark a continental debut. To sum
0: the game up, but in the second half, Jamie McLaren had a clear through ball to Brandon Barela, and he just overhit it. I think that kind of sums up the Raw's attacking. Maybe it was
1: a better pitch than they're just used to playing on. Possibly. I think. I think as well. Look, I agree to a point. Maybe it's a little bit over dramatic, saying you know the golf and class. But I think where it comes with class, I think that the fact is we're creating opportunities, but we want not take them. And in the end, ultimately, you know, back in the game, we were punished for that wastefulness. Yeah. So and
0: defensively, in the second half, we were a bit naive as well. I think.
2: Could that have also come just from the fact that the Royal were trying to chase the game?
0: Maybe, but I mean, I was pointed out in the commentary last night, the the winger Endo had two or three shots cutting in on his left left foot. And Corey and Brown... Corey Brown, for the yeah. third goals, let him do it again. So that's what I mean by a bit naive defending at that level. Because Corey Brown's had a good year in the A-League. But this is another level again, though.
2: Mm, you are seeing players that are, I suppose, there were a lot more international quality players there. Yeah. And I did... Here in the commentary as well, like the Japanese national team coach was in the stand, so clearly he would have been eyeing off some of those players for his upcoming squad. They're,
1: they're all touting Yuma Suzuki, who scored the first goal. It was actually a well taken goal that I think really sort of changed the shape of the game. Like, power, he's sort of in line for you know Samurai Blue, sort of in their, their World Cup qualifiers. So look, you know, he, he's only nineteen years old, but um, look, I think there might be some you know some names that will, especially on the national stage, that we will sort of start hearing in the, in sort of in the future.
2: I really did like Suzuki. I thought he was like all over the place and got involved. And it was just a really clever little run for that first goal where he was running and then just stopped.
0: Yeah, and, and all the all the raw defenders were waiting for the ball to the near post and he just stopped, you're right. I mean, it was a really clever play and he did look a good player.
2: And that was actually something that I think Mark Bosnich was pointing out at halftime saying in the A-League, every time that ball is played into the near post and the striker just continues their run. But here... They stop, get their head up, find where the striker is, and actually play it to them.
0: And that's to Adam's point the difference in level. Players are yeah. a little bit smarter.
1: Yeah, that's one I think bugbear we've seen over years that now, especially in Australian players from the A League, is that we've always said that you know they struggle with you know, their, their one touch. And I think that, that was a perfect illustration of how the Japanese way, it was a good one touch goal.
2: But look, overall, I kind of feel like 3 0 maybe flattered Kashima more than the Raw yeah. because. Up until that first goal, I thought the Raw were actually better value in that game. So
0: did I. I think 3-0 was a really harsh result. I mean, obviously, the third goal was really well taken. The second one, we might get to that later on. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think 3-0 did flatter them. I think after the second goal, actually, the kind of Raw kind of dropped their heads a little bit. They realised the, the game was gone.
2: And just from a Raw perspective, you've got to think that Break did them a world of
0: good as well. You'd, yeah, it should have done, yeah.
1: Oh, look, you know, I think, as as you guys say, I agree that, you know, I think 3-0 didn't seem like, you know, there was that big a difference as far as, you know, in the results at the end of the day. But, um, yeah, like I said, you drop, your, you drop your bundle a little bit and you can get punished and, and it's sort of, that's where the margin comes from.
2: And, like well, it wasn't an overly pleasant night in Japan. I thought it, like it was, what, eight degrees wet and windy and... It was a big change from the heat wave we've just been going it through. It should have really
0: helped raw I, I remember when they went to Shanghai a few weeks ago; they were saying playing in the heat in Brisbane, going over there, you can just run all night. So it should have actually played into the Roar's hands those sort of conditions.
2: But also playing on a wet pitch, that was the ball seemed like it was skidding. And maybe I'm, you know, not remembering accurately here, but could the like there were a lot of players that seemed to be struggling to hold their feet.
0: No, that was that was evident as well. There were a number of players who were slipping and sliding all over the field. So yeah, maybe that wasn't a factor. I don't know.
2: But yeah, I did actually, one thing that really did bug me in that game, Jamie McLaren, if it's cold enough for you to wear gloves, wear long sleeves as well. (laughs) (laughs) That is one of my pet peeves in football. It it sounds like a fashion choice. Yeah, I know. It just, it makes no sense to me. (laughs) If it's cold enough for for gloves, surely you've got to be wearing long sleeves as well.
0: You're glad you got that off your chest?
2: A little bit. I'm probably going to have that rant again eventually. Just just be warned. (laughs) Okay. All right, so... Kashma, yeah, led at the half. What do you make of Avram Papadopoulos? Because I thought he, I really like this guy. He, I think he's going to get sent off at some point between now and the end of the season for a dangerous challenge. But he was all over the place and not afraid to get in there.
1: I think, as you said uh, last week, I think you know he's your he's your prototypical you know he's your European you know center center back you know and I think it's I think it's something you know I think we again we're struggling to get used to, but I, I think it's going it's going to be sort of work wonders for us. I think to a point.
0: He's added a bit of toughness to the back line, hasn't he? I just worry about his, his turning. Like he got turned a lot last night by quicker players. And In mm. the A-League, if you're up against quicker players, if he gets isolated one-on-one against like a Rojas or something in the final series, that's, that's trouble. Yeah. So that, that's, the, that's the one worry I do have about him.
2: I have seen Per Mertesacker make faster turns. <laughs> All right, so we're halfway through the group stage now. The Roar are on one point with a negative nine goal difference. Adam, how would you sum up the Roar's hopes for the back half? They're
1: gone. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> simply look, uh, look even like I said forget forget the goal difference. So that's that's itself. Like I said, head the, to head, head, anyway, the yeah. head to head as means that they go. But as I think, yeah, as I described, they got to run the board. And look, you, even though we've got two two of our three games at home, and the one game being Muangthong, sorry, the away game should be, I should say, is in Bangkok. You know, I I can't see see a skiing result. So I think yeah, it's it's all over as far as I'm concerned.
0: I don't fully disagree. I just think it's too soon. I mean, we have one more we'll get match day before the finals, so before we have to worry about potential conflicts here. So, let's play match day four. I mean, we've got to win. It's highly unlikely we can beat Cashmere at home, but while it's alive, you've got to go for it because you never know what's going to happen in this in this A League thing. I mean, Adam, I think you're saying punt the ACL and focus on the A League finals, correct?
1: I think uh, yeah. I look, that's no sure
0: thing either, though, because. We may play week one Lafayles at home, and there's no guarantee you're going to get through to week two. So you might be looking at, by the time ACL match day five trip comes around, the a league season might already be over. No, that's, that's, that's good so point. I wouldn't be punting the Champions League yet. Let's see what happens after match day four.
2: I'm actually a little surprised you went that way, Scott. I was yeah. half expecting you to say, no, send the kids out and no. match day four. But are, you, no, just, are I you just trying to keep the crowd up for match no, day No, four? <laughs>
0: no, I, I think it's too soon to get, rid of the, uh, to get rid of ambitions in the Champions League. I, I do think it's, an, uh, it's a long shot but I don't think it's any more of a long shot of getting to the grand finals I think it's about I think it's about the same odds, to be honest with you. Because You look at it, the A-League finals, you're probably going to have to go up against victory and Sydney back-to-back weeks. That's no more difficult than the, than the Champions League task we'd face. So I wouldn't be punting it yet. Well, that's fair. I might change that opinion after match day four in a month's time, though. Well,
2: <laughs> the one thing working in the Raw's favour, though, was the game, other game in the group, which was Wontong and... Ulsan, Ulsan. Ulsan. Wontong. there we yeah. go. I'm having a brain wait, brain fart day today. So it's that finished nil-nil. So yep. technically the Raw are still in with a chance. Yeah. All they have to do is get the win on match day four. And I've, you're right, that is probably shaping up as a pivotal game. But
0: yeah, If they don't win that game, then to Adam's point, you are absolutely... Yeah. I think match day five, if the Raw do happen to win week one of the finals, we all hope they do, you focus on the finals at that point. You don't worry about the tie end game. But you don't know what's going to happen between now and then. So I wouldn't be writing it off just yet. Well,
2: I'm just trying to think. Logistically, you're probably going. You're on one point. You oh, the win gets you up to four. You're stuffed for goal difference, so you're pretty much yeah, operating we're, on remember the head, to, head to
1: head. So, like I said, the, the where we are in the positive at the moment, so if we beat Muanthong away, that at least gets us ahead of them. But then are we we're sure good.
2: that's the actual tiebreaker? Yeah, Scott? Yes. it is. It is a tiebreaker if, if they're the level okay. on points, of course. Yeah.
0: Well, obviously. and I'm just trying yeah. to get the table up now.
2: So I think uh, who would be on? I think. Kashmir would be on six points.
0: Kashmir is on six points. Muantong is on five. All Suns on four, and we're on one.
2: Yeah, so realistically, you could easily get three points back on maybe Muantong, but that would be a real stretch.
0: You're needing draws in the other games now at this point.
2: That's
1: yeah. what we need. Yeah. As as the boys tell on the Fox Sport telecast, I think seven of nine is minimum. Mm. Yep. I think going to last three, I think that's it, and that's before yep. you even get into the mathematics. And we'll go
0: right head, back head to the
2: go right back to the start of the Champions League campaign. I think we were all saying probably nine was the minimum to yeah. qualify. Yeah, but uh, but of course, eight out of nine points is, is impossible.
0: It is, it is very <laughs> unlikely now that we are going to get through. But I still think you've got to. Played this out. I mean, there's still four games. There's four games in the A League now before we play in Asia again.
2: And I sp- look, just looking at it from a commercial perspective, you kind of want to say Match Day Four still yeah. counts for something as well because you don't want to have 200 people turning up.
1: Oh, that's look, yeah. that, that's how obviously. So I don't. I'm not speaking from a commercial point of view. I'm just no, that, from I'm, that just popped into my yeah, head. No, 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 <laughs> you're, no, You're absolutely right. I, I would. I would hate to think that, if, despite my attitude of yeah, we're gone. I'd hate that the club would also match that because you're right Yeah, there'd be nothing worse than Match Day 4 comes around we get a thousand people there so despite my pessimism the club can't believe that
2: and also I'd love to actually do some sort of special show for one of those Match Days so it would be nice if they were meaningful Match Day
0: 4 is very similar to Match Day 1 actually in the sense that it's a couple of days after Perth away and before Wellington at home oh after Perth away yeah it's one of those but (laughs) we'll see what happens
2: yeah of course we've got to go away to Perth Perth always play at home of course (laughs) All right, so let's move on to the A-League. So it's a split round. Scott, I know you're a big fan of this.
0: I'm just not, not, I'm not a big fan of it. I understand why they've done it. It's just, it just seemed a bit flat this weekend. It seemed to get lost with so few games, but that's just me.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. I also think it's strange timing. I think if they were going to do it, they would have been better off doing it maybe for the international break. Where ha- they've done
0: it purely with the Champions League in mind. You've obviously you know, it's the three teams that yeah. didn't play. Well, yeah,
2: but... yeah. Sydney FC played Friday night, had a 1-0 victory over the Central Coast Mariners. Not wrapping up the premiers played officially, but they've got one hand and four fingers on it.
0: It's finished. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Although I got to admit, one thing that is nice is that I think Sydney FC are actually going to have a chance to clinch it in a match as opposed yeah.
0: to. Do they play before victory play next week? That's, that's oh, the important I think
1: thing. I'll let check
0: Adam's just going to skip ahead Bing. a little bit.
2: Yeah, because so, the victory played and beat Perth 4 1 at home. Yeah
1: hang on, it's next week. <laughs> it's, that's right, it's a split round, yeah. we are just talking about that.
2: But yeah, I think, I know it's just one of those stri- little things, but I always I prefer it's, to say- it's
0: in Perth though, so it's an away game.
2: Well, of course it's in Perth. <laughs> <laughs> as Scott walks away from his microphone. But yeah, so those were the two fixtures over the weekend. Yep. The Premier's Plate race is still technically alive, but I'll be interested to see how Melbourne Victory go after these yep. next few rounds. I think
0: the top two positions are also set up now given the fact that Victory won their game in Perth as well. That's a... A good result for the Roar in one sense because Perth now drop more points and the Royal have a chance to get ahead of them. And I think the one away trip you wouldn't want in Week One of the Finals is a Perth away game. That's the one thing that would absolutely mess up any scheduling chances you have. So just ahead of being ahead of Perth, it matters.
1: Just on the update on that, on next week's fixtures, we are uh, actually Melbourne Victory play first because they play us on Saturday night, the 25th, and then uh, Sydney and Perth on Sunday, the 26th. So in Sydney or in Perth? In Perth. Ah.
0: Okay, so victory will have to beat us to keep their faint championship championship hopes alive, okay.
1: Okay,
2: fair enough. All right, well, I think that's going to
0: do it for second. Actually, that works well because then we can can stuff victory around the same way they did last year to us. That's that's perfect. Yeah, (laughs) that's perfect.
1: I can see a nil or draw.
0: I'll take it. (laughs) And we can celebrate it. That'd be fantastic, (laughs) same way they did.
1: No, I want
2: to win five nil. (laughs) It'd be better. (laughs) All right, that's going to do it for second one of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Back to the Brisbane Football Review here in the Switch 1197 studios for the Outside 90 Fan Network. It's James Scott and Adam with you this afternoon, and we're actually getting ready to say farewell to these
0: studios as Switch prepares for a big move. Yes, we'll be at West End next week. Look forward to it.
2: Yeah, hopefully we'll have to try and bring in the uh, new studios with something special. What do you say? Yes,
0: I wanted to send this studio out with a typical football bang, but you both vetoed it. No, I I,
1: I didn't get to BCF in time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but my asthma wouldn't let me do it.
2: But yeah, well, yeah, these studios have been good for us. Mm. They've seen many hours of idiocy from us. <laughs> yes, I have. Thankfully, a lot of it wasn't recorded. <laughs> All right, so segment two is going to be focusing on the Raw's NPL efforts over the weekend and some of the news. Two nil to Morton Bay Jets. The scores were Alex Yunovsky and Paul McCullough. Yanofsky scored from the penalty spot. Both
1: goals came in the first half. Adam, what'd you make of the game? Oh, well, Scott and I were there and um yeah, look look, um look objectively, uh, look Jets rebounded after sort of that they were they beaten up pretty badly by strikers the week before, so but look the uh, the Royal Youth guys they didn't really show much. Um I think I think again, I think there's a bit of a gulf in sort of, you know, in toughness. They they didn't really offer much in attack. Uh Dane Ingham, you know, did he did play, but he was actually playing out of position for what we know him. Yeah, and also so I thought um, the keeper, the young keeper, Macklin Freaker, he was he made some good saves. But um, overall, yeah, it was a pretty, um, pretty ordinary performance, I'd, I'd say.
0: Penalty was 100% legit. There's no arguments there. And the second goal from McCool was a really good header. Hmm. So they were two well-taken goals. With the raw, I thought they were a little bit flat as well. It was a step down on what they'd shown the week before up at Peninsula.
2: Well, I suppose that's what you're going to get with, essentially, an underage side. But I suppose one thing that, is going to always concern me about the Raw NPL this year is they know they're not playing for finals and also it's a side that is going to be disrupted a fair bit over the first couple of months with They a are playing, court.
0: however, for the chance to get into the A-League squad at pre-season. We've seen in the past a number of them have been promoted into the squad initially and it's even guys like Konstantopoulos played in the FFA Cup game. So there is opportunity.
2: I wouldn't mind seeing Konstantopoulos get a run this weekend over a couple of <laughs> plays. Yeah, so, you know, disappointing. But as we were saying, you know, that's probably going to be... The story of the season yeah. for the rule with such a young side. It's all about development, really. Yeah,
1: like I said, you know, results aside, you know, they, they'll, they, they, like, as they do every season, they'll, they'll put in a good performance, then you've got to be expected they're going to put a flat one in. I think we, we got a flat one this weekend. Just gone.
2: But there is a chance for something extra good next week. Extra good. Oh, you have to, you have to blame the cold and flu tablets <laughs> on me right now. <laughs> all right. So some of the other results this weekend you've got Redlands 1 0 over South West Queensland, Far North Queensland 2 1 over Brisbane Strikers. That was a, Big, big upset. Win.
0: Big win. What a shame.
2: <laughs> Scott says with a massive smile on his face. Brisbane City 3-0 over Northern Fury. Olympic continued yeah. their fantastic start to the season with yeah. only a 1-0 win yeah, over Western one, Pride. Yeah. But so actually it was a bit of a drop-off in form, I suppose. And then you had Gold Coast City beating Sunshine Coast Fire in the Coast Derby 4-0. And
0: Gold Coast is kind of flying under the radar here because this is their second big win. And I think they had a good win against Brisbane City the week before. So they're going under the radar here because a lot of people talk about Olympic. But Gold Coast City look really good as well.
2: That's right. So coming up for round four, you've got Brisbane City and Brisbane Strikers in what I would say would be the feature game this weekend.
0: Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm.
2: Gold Coast City against South West Queensland Thunder, Western Pride versus Redlands United, Northern Fury versus Sunshine Coast Fire. Those games are all Saturday night sometime between 5 and 7 p.m. kickoffs. You can check the NPL Queensland website for that. And then Sunday... Doubleheader Brisbane Raw Youth versus Far North Queensland Heat and Olympic FC versus Moreton Bay Jets from 3 o'clock at Goodwin Park, Yeronga. How good an idea is this kicking off at the same time, or an hour before the A-League game?
0: Yeah, so the Raw Youth game kicks off at 3pm and then you've got the other game kicking off at 7.15 as you talked about. So that's, um, it's not ideal, but it's happened in the past. It is what it is.
1: Adam? Yeah, look, I, I, I don't think uh, sometimes that Football Queensland actually look at the FFA's uh, A-League scheduling when they do that. But then again, are they really obliged to, you know, at the end of the day, they're two completely separate squads. So, look, they, they shouldn't disrupt the competition because of that. But then again, it'd be nice that, you know, we, got we, for example, could cover both games in full.
0: <laughs> Quick story, James. Last year, it was an Adelaide away game as well with the Raw were losing. I think it was 2-0 early in the second half. I like, that's it, I'm out of here. I'm go- I went to Perry Park for the Brisbane Raw. Brisbane Strikers derby, and that was a far better game. Oh, you should know never to leave a rule, A league game early. It was a Brisbane derby against the Strikers. Someone had to be there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, actu- I'm actually annoyed with the way the scheduling's been yeah. done, but that's just purely because I'm petty, and I'm actually doing a running event at 5 o'clock Sunday night. Well, that's what you
0: get for being fit and athletic. <laughs> yeah, unlike us. Well, I, I, was going to,
2: I was going to say two of those words uh, have not been applied to me a whole lot. So, <laughs> 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 Yeah, so that's going to be a fun Sunday night catching up on all of that, I'd say. Moving on to the Brisbane Premier League. Albany Creek 1-0 over Easts. Penpower Power 3-1 over Logan Lightning. Capalabar 3-2 over Grange Thistle. Lions FC are actually in a little bit of a form slot right now, all things mm. considered. 1-1 with Rochedale Rovers. Souths and Holland Park had a high-scoring 3-3 draw. And Mitchelton beat Ipswich Knights 4-0. Scott?
0: Yeah, so this is the interesting game of the weekend, I think, was actually the Rochedale Lions game. And Rochedale showed that they are going to be a challenger this year. Outside of that, most of the results are pretty standard. I think, to be honest with you, Peninsula Power had a good win away from home, and Souths looked solid. But I think maybe they were, they might be a little disappointed they didn't win that game at home. But well,
2: just looking, Souths have got ten goals for, ten goals against, so they're
0: nothing if not balanced.
1: Yeah, <laughs> plenty of firepower, not much uh, stiffness
0: at the back. Well, right? that's also do have John McCain at the back as well, so former Ailey player.
1: And the
2: striker Cato Arochi—is that? Is yeah,
0: I—I I don't. Is it? I see it. Road oh, I yeah, think it's a road Oh, okay. To check, have to check which one. He changes <laughs> clubs a lot. Yeah. So.
2: <laughs> all right, so there were FFA Cup qualifiers. We're not going to read out all of those scores because, well, you've heard me reading stuff out enough. <laughs> but there was one real standout result here, which was Lions FC going down to Brisbane Knights.
1: That's um that's huge, that, and uh, it's been described as probably the biggest upset <gasps> in the sort of the FFA Cup qualifiers in the sort of recent memory. And I think I think it's actually pretty bang on. I think Lions. I think everything would be geared to them for FA Cup, you know, round thirty-two qualifications and get knocked over before the NPL clubs even join. Uh, I think. Uh, I think there'll be a few MPL clubs that'll be overjoyed with that result, but that's very disappointing for Lions. And that was actually their return to um, Lions Stadium after being away for, because of refurbishment down there. So mm-hmm. a bit of a um, bit of a nightmare return.
0: Bit of complacency as well. I think, I think they. Put out a somewhat second-string side in this game, so that's obviously come back and buy them some big wins as well for some other Brisbane Premier League clubs as well.
2: Albany Creek six 0 over
0: Springfield yeah. United, and oh. there is one game tonight as well, by the way. Rochdale playing Pine Hills in the final game of round three, I believe it is, and the MPL clubs join in round five.
2: So you can check the tweeting feed
0: for that. Yep. Yeah. the draw for round four probably will be out this week.
2: So how many more rounds
0: are left? I'm trying to work it so out. It's in my round head. four and then round five when the MPL clubs join. I think there's only they only got to play two or three rounds the MPL side. So so, I think They come in when it's the last sixteen, so Yeah, uh, you got to get down to two. So yeah,
1: two spots, and then you've got plus the north, maybe uh, yeah, North Queensland and Gold Coast, I think, or the coast to get the other spot.
2: Yeah, so there's eighteen teams coming through out of this round. I was just doing yeah. a quick count in my head
0: there, and then you'd have
1: plus there's nine. Uh, how many? How many? I think uh, six teams join from
0: the NPL Queensland. Yeah, because yeah. it's not including the Young Law, yeah. obviously.
2: Yeah. Okay, so that makes sense then. All right, I think that's going to do it for our local segment, guys. What do you say? Yep. Yep. All right, we'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Alright, welcome back to the Switch seven Studios for the Outside90 Fan Network. It's the Brisbane Football Review with James, Scott and Adam here, guys. Segment three, we've got news and mailbag. Excited? Yep.
0: Yeah, second half of this should
2: be great fun. Yeah, especially now that the uh, cold and flu tablets are really kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so the Socceroos squad was announced yesterday, the final 23-man squad for the World Cup qualifiers against Iraq and the UAE. Overall, from a Royal perspective, Matt Mackay was dropped, which I didn't really see a whole lot of Perfect. raw fans all that upset about.
0: Perfect. yeah Given our schedule, the less players we lose, the better.
2: So the games are on Thursday the 24th and Tuesday the 28th of March,
1: if I'm correct. Yep, Iraq in Tehran and then uh, UAE at uh, Sydney, Sydney. because on the
0: cut up surface at the Sydney Football Stadium.
2: I know it's it's a shame, you know, Brisbane doesn't have like a world class venue that could host the Socceroos every now and then.
0: We've I've just about to bring that up. We've seen (laughs) Sydney time and time again have put up rubbish fields for the Socceroos and then... They get games all the time. All, the FFA, Brisbane do it one time, and they're semi-blacklisted. That's well, probably also the fact... Well, it wasn't really one time, it was bid. the Asian Cup. Yeah, yeah. but no, governments have to bid as well, James, and I think that's yeah. also more yeah. of the point as well. But anyway... Yeah,
2: and also I'd say the New South Wales government have got a pretty good contract because I think the soccerers have to play at least one game per calendar mm. year in Sydney, yeah. and I don't think any other venue in Australia would have that.
0: Suncorp did have it for about five years, back a few years ago, but... But
2: not under we, the current law. No. We
1: chose to buy new st- screens and... <laughs> a bit, for, a bit well, for Socceroos games
0: more on that later so
1: look the
2: squad's available online you can go and read that if you want there's uh, also
0: another squad announced they had 22 players development squad which a couple of these guys who got cut from the 30 man squad are in I think it's a week long training camp in Spain any role it, players? it's all overseas players with the exception of Nick Cowburn from the Jets the rest are all like the young guys playing over in Europe
2: Cool. All right, so the one player I'm really looking forward to seeing in this squad will be Musti Amini because Tom Rogic is out, so that number 10 slot is going to be vacant, which yeah. I'd say James Troisi would have the inside track. But You'd say so. Could you see Amini getting a bit of a run?
0: It depends. I mean, he, he'll probably be on the bench. I think if one of these games is in hand, he might try some of these young guys. I do think with Ange, though, it seems to be he likes to bring him in, give him a taste of it in the training and the whole experience of playing away from home and then bring them back in later on. So I think that might be the case for Amini here.
1: Yeah, you know, look for me I think uh Tommy Urich has been in some stellar form, you know, scoring scoring goals in Switzerland. So well let's let's just hope that, you know, that form translates to um to international duty.
2: Well that was gonna be my next question is who would you start, you know Tim Cahill or Urich or who else have we got as strikers? No one really. That's
0: about it really. Cruz? If i want play oh yeah, if I want to play the four four two diamond thing, probably Cruz up front.
2: Maybe, maybe Matt Leckie as well because he's yeah, Cruz and Lecky, yeah. yeah if you want to go for a little bit more pace. But I kind of like that contrast of having the big guy and the speedy guy.
0: We've seen Ange kind of mixed up. If he goes with the 4 3 it'll probably be Cahill. If he goes with that diamond four four two shape, which hasn't really worked, it'll be Cruz and Leckie. But hmm. I what... do wish Brandon Brello was in his squad, actually, just from a raw perspective. I think he's formed warrants, at least, being in the 30-man squad.
2: But considering this game, these games would rule him out for a very crucial game against Melbourne Victory, it's probably not the worst yeah. thing in the world that he's not actually involved.
1: i also glad that Sir James McLaren sort of didn't... Um... Yeah, pictures again. You know, same same thing, you know, rather him here yeah. in the in the orange and black than in the green and gold and at the
2: moment. What do you make of the comments from Poster Coglu saying that, you know, McLaren hasn't played well enough?
1: Oh look, I think it's uh, I think it's fair. I think, you know, that's one thing with uh, with Andy he doesn't mince words and I think as he's I wouldn't say it's on the, on the mark, but I think it, I think there's a bit of truth behind that. So, and he, he He's the national team boss. He gets who he wants. He gets what he wants.
2: And I think one thing we've seen across his managerial career, he's very good at motivating players and getting the best out of them.
0: I'm not sure he's the biggest fan of McLaren because you think in the past, he's left him out a long time last year. It took until the England friendly to get him in. And then he said at the, end of the beginning of the year, he's not in form. He hadn't scored goals. He then scored a couple of goals. He put him in. I wonder if so I wonder if he's, wonder if he is McLaren's biggest fan or not.
1: I wonder if he's been scapegoated for the um for his performance in Thailand, which I think would be a bit a little bit harsh. I think I was going to say,
0: how could he
2: be scapegoated when he didn't get near the ball? <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: exa- exactly.
2: But uh, I'd, I'd be more concerned yeah. about the players that were passing it mm. to the Thai players. Yeah. But you know, yeah. that's just me. What did you make of the suggestion about Mille Jednak possibly moving to centre-back to try and address those stocks?
0: I think that's a logical move at some point in the future, given his he's, he's not getting any younger. He's he's a big guy as well. I think he could be a perfect centre-back, but not right now. I think he was, he's still needed in that midfield, I think, yeah, for I'm now. Just
1: looking at who... Well, I suppose, you know, when you're at full strength... You know, he, Matt Spiranovic, is yeah. not in this
0: squad either as well. That's probably one bigger mission.
2: Because Postacoglu was also pretty critical of yeah. him playing in the Chinese second division? Second division now got relegated. Mm. Well, you'd have to think Spurmanovic is going to be moving sooner rather than later then.
0: If he wants to go play national football, he will be. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and the youngster, Riley McGree, was, in, was brought in from Adelaide United. Is this going to interfere with his studies?
0: I don't know. but this <laughs> is is... he study? I don't know. <laughs> I don't thought... know. Well, yeah. he's that young. He's probably still yeah. in high school or we'll something. We'll get to another guy in a minute who's had a meteoric rise. But Riley McGree's gone from playing up front in the FFA Cup away against Redlands. I didn't mention this while we were off air briefly a minute ago. You from playing in that game to starting regularly for Adelaide in the A League, and now, and in in the international squad. So, there you go.
1: Look at the end. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect him to you know I wouldn't think he'd get much game time. But you now he'd be a perfect guy. I think. Obviously, the Angels tout him as maybe a future star, and to have him go away, sit on the bench, you know, in two key internationals. I think they'll only do good in the end. Of the, at the end of the day, I think he'd probably take more from the training
0: rather than yeah. actually
2: game time itself. And uh, well, game time for Adelaide at the moment, who are quite rubbish. Mm.
0: And that's going to come back and bite us on Sunday. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that, James. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if the things go wrong on Sunday, there's our intro for next week. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. You got to remember, I do the sound editing, so this yeah. might never see the light. of day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So across the Dutch, Jane, Jai and Dane <laughs> Ingham have been named to the New Zealand world cup qualifier squad. Um, uh, Bit of a surprise for Dane Ingham. Speaking yeah. of a young player.
0: Yeah, he's gone from playing in the Youth League in January 8th. I think Adam and I were up at the Peninsula Power for that game. And two weeks later, he made his professional debut. Then he made his A-League debut. Then he scored. And now he's in the international squad. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I... It's unbelievable how this has happened so quickly for him. It looked yeah. like he wasn't going to get an opportunity here at the Roar all of a sudden. Champions League comes along, he does. Catches the eye of the international coaches in the international team. It's unbelievable.
2: But was it a little bit like what we've seen with the Socceroos? Lately, where they might have had players with dual nationality, because I believe Dane was eligible for Australia as well. They're
0: both also eligible for Samoa. Jai Ingham had been called up for Samoa last year, but he rejected them, so. Yeah. Don't blame
2: him. So could it have been a case of New Zealand saying, all right, come into the squad now, pledge yeah. your allegiance, we'll give you five minutes at the end of a match to make sure that you're locked into New Zealand for well, the they, future? Well,
1: they, they have a similar schedule too, um of oh, the Pacific Island, but actually they do have Confederations Cup now yeah. in, in June like us. So... Look, and, you know, and potentially a World Cup you know, qualifying run. So, look, I think from an international point of view, I don't think it's too bad actually you know, signing up for the uh, Kiwis.
0: You'd have to say also, particularly with Jai Ingham, I don't think he was ever really on the Soccer Rouge radar. Maybe Dame would have been in a few years, but right now they haven't really been in the. Although Dame was in the under 20s Australian squad not long ago, so he might have been on the radar.
2: And again, it's just a marking yeah. the territory move. Not so good news though, Tommy Orr's out for four weeks with a hamstring injury. How big of a blow is that?
0: So I just want to move on. Bessart Barisha's also called up for Kosovo. For yeah, who play. cares about Barisha? Well, you'll miss the victory game in three weeks, so that's cool. But yeah. But yeah, with Tommy, o, he's out for four weeks. That's a big blow for the Royal because he's added... His pace up front for the Royal on the left has been really important. And now you've got to use Broich every game. And with three games a week, potentially, that could be a problem.
1: And it all was in really good form at one point. He was. Again, we keep on saying, you know, a lot of people, you know, sort of... Categorize, you know, plays formed by how many goals. But he was, it just the only thing that was missing was the actual number of goals. But he was sort of, you know, doing a lot of stuff that you know statistically aren't recorded. So you know, I think it's a big blow.
0: Yeah, it means more time for Manuel Arana
2: Well, could be worse. Could be more mm-hmm. time for Jacob Pepper
0: <laughs> you had to go there.
2: Yeah, and now Scott's just... No, he's not taking off his headphones, but I think he's extending a finger towards me. <laughs> not sure which one. Could be the ring finger. All right, so the FFA have rejected the Wellington Phoenix's request to reschedule the Round 24 match against Newcastle Jets. Why?
0: <sighs> because it... Uh, I don't this was a game, it, of course, that uh, was
2: going to interfere, uh, be affected by the World Cup qualifiers. Yeah, so
0: the New- Wellington again is 12 players, I think it is... In, they can still field a starting lineup. I think it's hey. like all their in New Zealand players minus Barbarusis who got left out for some bizarre reason, and also they lose Christian to Fiji as well. So they're, they, yeah, left,
2: they they might have left they might have left out, so the Phoenix
0: can
1: still field a team. <laughs>
0: I'm not even sure they can field a team yeah. with him anyway. To be honest, so they'll have to be relying oh. on their youth team to play this game, a game which of course they're still in finals contention. Wellington,
1: we, can, we might we might need to uh, get. Um, I am not sure what their competitions now. The what used to be the ASB Premiership I think over there it still there. is. Yeah, like I said, to get a form line because I think it's where a lot of those players are coming from for that game.
0: It's a great shame for Wellington because they are still in finals contention and this is going to be a... It's a huge opportunity for Newcastle now to capitalise on it. I just
1: think, you know, oh. yeah, yeah. I, I just don't know what the FFA are thinking. Yeah, you know. like, and also as well, just this weekend just gone. Yeah, like oh,
2: about to ask. Yeah,
1: Wellington are playing the Vince Lear testimonial game. New, Newcastle New, Jets yeah. are sitting at home. Apparently, they even agree, Newcastle Jets the one actually agreed to it. It's the FFA that said no.
0: So yeah, I just, why didn't they play? this? You're right. Why didn't they play I mean, it at the weekend? It would have made absolutely perfect sense to get I the just, game I done. I, I yeah.
1: said it, you you know, and all this, the, the Tim Fall hats about, you know, FFA hate Nixon. Like, you know, it's decisions like this that, you know, you can't blame them because it's
0: just, yeah, it just gives the, the credence, doesn't
2: it? It's, a, it's an optics yeah, thing rather yeah, than an actual, yeah, I would say, yeah. vendetta. It's just a, it doesn't it look just, good. It
0: looks bad. And it gives, yeah. it gives credence to people who want to say that they want Phoenix out and anything to get rid of them. It gives that. I don't agree with it, but it gives it credence. Yeah, so. like
1: so I'm I'm not like I said, i I've been quoted publicly, you know, I'm not the Nick's biggest fan, I question their their role, but geez, you know, even this, this, is beyond the pale. This that's it's it's really poor from the um If I I've got a feeling, you know, if we want to look to conspiracy, I think it goes beyond if I reckon it might have been one of the television networks that sort of vetoed that for so for some reason. So I just yeah. It it's frustrating. Mm. Wouldn't be
0: the first time that T V network demanded yeah. a game played at a certain time now, would it? Mm.
2: <laughs> All right, well, FFA, they're stu- still stalling on expansion, so an association of Australian football clubs has been formed over the past week with the intention of giving NPL clubs a voice at the FFA Congress.
0: That's Scott? part of it. That's part. I, I'm still trying to get my head around exactly what they're doing. It's Basically, it's all the NPL clubs are coming together. They're meeting in Melbourne next week. They, the end game is they want two things. They want a voice in the Congress when this expands and they want a second division, and they're prepared to do it with or without FFA help. We'll see what that... Looks like if they're even able to do that, FFA help. See,
1: shouldn't it be... This is the thing, the, and look, and you've got to credit, you know, the MPL clubs are showing some initiative, but shouldn't it be the other way around? This is what we were talking about last week, about what, don't we want an independent A-League and the MPL, MPL clubs, you know, fall in line with the FFA, similar to um, what they do in England, where you have an independent Premier League and the Football League is run by the by the FA. So, look, you know, it's... Just more politics, I guess. But um, it'll be interesting to see what outcomes. And then I think they, the expanded Congress, I think that, that's... You know, you know have a big deal in that.
2: I think one thing that's really interesting for me is the fact that they've said, no, we're going to start our second division So because you're just dragging your yep. knuckles. and
0: I think that's more the point. They're trying to force the issue on the second division. And I think it's also led by Adam's favourite club, Northern Fury, as well. <laughs> <laughs> but...
1: I thought like, I, I didn't like the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just
2: expand on that second division for the moment. So... This will be made up, yeah. I'm assuming, of a lot of NPL clubs.
0: It will be all NPL clubs. This is what they want, an NPL second, which eventually will feed into the A-League. So you're looking at teams like the Strikers, Fury probably want to get involved in it, Olympic. South Melbourne, etc., etc.
2: All of those clubs that when the call comes to go into an expanded A-League, they can say, all right, we're ready, we've been yeah. playing against... I think next this bit. is
0: the point. They want, instead yeah. of these instead of new franchises popping up, they want the NPL clubs to go in and they've got a point to some degree as well. They provided do. Provided it's financially it's, viable. It's,
1: again, it's like, so we keep on saying, you know, we keep on saying it's a similar blueprint to what um, MLS does. Of course, they don't have, they don't have reg, regular, um, well, they don't have promotion relegation, but there's a completely separate league under yeah. it. And like the, one of the new, the new teams, are Minnesota United, they, they're a former um, North America Soccer League who's been just promoted to... Well, not been promoted, but has now playing MLS. So they
2: started off in the NASL. They did, yeah. Speaking of, did you see the photos from Minnesota United's first game that was played in a snowstorm? Magnificent. It will never happen, <laughs> but God, I hope they're all playing a blizzard one day. Oh. Just for novelty. I will go. Like, I, I love the snow. Right.
0: I think the first away game in the Champions League against Beijing was a snow game, but nowhere near... Not nothing. That was a snow. Nothing uh, like the out, game out the again. The Min- <laughs> nothing like the Minnesota game, that's for they, they sure. They sprayed
2: it green. I believe Outside90 actually had some of the photos on their Facebook mm. or daily football show. One of the two. Go check it out because it was awesome. Or okay. go check out MLS. And
1: it, it was awesome, but for the score for the host because Atlanta smacked them 6-1.
2: And that's the other new club yeah. as well. So yes.
0: Just quickly on... News back here, Sonny Col Stadium. Have, um, they've had their concert the other day with the, with whatever mm-hmm. I can it was, and then they had they've, some they've ripped peroxide
2: the, head guy.
0: Him, man. yeah, they've ripped yeah. the um the um scoreboards out, so they're doing that renovation now.
2: I, I have to admit, I was looking at the I was at the Reds on Saturday night, and you're right those those screens did need updating, but
1: yes, actually I know. So I was at I was at the Broncos game Friday night, and I, was, I think you got uh, the
2: better game. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Both heartbreaking losses, however. <laughs> But, um, yeah, you, you did notice those screens were, mm. yeah, like we said, a little bit outdated. There were some replays that I kind of looked at and thought the picture was a bit grainy. If it was a TV, I'd be looking at upgrading it.
0: Yeah, but you don't go to the game to watch replays.
2: Oh. I, 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 Depends where
1: you sit. Yeah,
2: yeah, I got to admit, when, we were, when we were sitting in the den, I'd usually watch the action on the big screen once it got into the other team's box because you lost all depth perception. But that's just me. Mm. All right, so we're going to move on to our mailbag segment for this week, unless I've missed any stories.
0: I can't think of anything.
2: All right, so was it was two days ago, Monday. That was the sixth anniversary, it feels still like yesterday, of Orange Sunday 1. Brisbane Raw, you know, Central Coast Mariners sold out Suncorp Stadium. What amazed me about that day was everyone was decked out in orange. Because you go to the Raw games yeah. and everyone would be, you know, just in their summer t-shirts yeah. and shorts no, and whatever.
0: I think there was not a, not a Raw jersey for sale around... Brisbane that week because they'd all gone.
2: I know, well, my parents actually came to the game and I think they had to just scrounge up some orange t-shirts that were lying around the house just to be in the right colour. And I remember, I think it was that Fox Sports documentary they did a few months after yeah. the grand final. I where... love that documentary. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, <laughs> that, that still makes me feel very, very happy. But um, yeah, like Posse said, said, like, I was expecting the noise, Thanks. but the colour of the occasion where the teams came out and just were met by the wall of orange and the couple of the yellow pockets... For the Mariners, mm. it was just unbelievable.
1: Oh, still, still for me, it's, it's, un- it's, it's the greatest A League game I know. Maybe, maybe you know, southern Southerners might disagree, but I think yeah, that's the that's the game that stands out above anything. You, know, you think A You think of the drama of that grand final.
0: There's been other high scoring games, stuff, but they were regular season games. But this was a grand final with everything on the line.
2: Well, can I remember last year? I did the rankings of the grand finals for Outside Ninety, and this was easily number yeah. one by a long shot. I think. I have to look up what the exact list was, but from memory, I think I had the Raw Mariners first, Raw Wanderers about third, and Raw Perth was about seventh because that actually wasn't a great game. But, that
0: gets underrated that game, but we might talk about it later. But
2: on. that game, it's like the Raw Mariners. It just felt like a real heavyweight fight because the two teams had played just yeah. before. Well, I played two games just before. The Raw won the first leg two nil, and then there was that dramatic comeback, which has been totally forgotten now
1: yeah and look and that's also as well that like the so two two clubs the higher their powers like, now Mariners were they were they were a good team back then, like the raw this is the perhaps the the greatest squad in a league history you know that they they, were, they only was, lost so one game it the is. season, so <laughs> yeah. no it is yeah, like, yeah well like,
2: actually the, I saw someone on Twitter I apologise for forgetting who it was, but they were saying, you know they think that raw squad from grand final they could probably have smacked around. The current Sydney FC side,
0: and I don't know if it's smacked around, but I think it would be really interesting to watch. The midfield would be really fascinating.
2: Mm. Mm. Just, so, just the way like you'd see. I'm Berlant- not sure
0: I can stop Broich though. Imagine Broich against Ryan. Oh. Broich 2011 against yeah. Ryan Grant. That would be imagine phenomenal. the fun. But uh, so
2: finished 90 minutes nil nil. What were you thinking at that point, Adam?
1: I still at that time. I'm still thinking back. It's a few, <laughs> like I said, it was six years ago. But uh, look, I, I was thinking, you know, maybe Raw can sneak one, but. Obviously, yeah, no, it was, a really, it was a really, really tight game. A typical grand final where, you no, know, it's very conservative. And look, at that side, it was anyone's game. But, you no, know, the, the Raw Roar supporting me said, you no, know, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll be right.
0: And I was the total opposite. My nerves were shot about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Cause I was thinking back to all like, the early mm. Raw games where they were they attack, 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 and then get the sucker punch. And they were on it. We were massively yeah. attacking in the second half and just could not get the goal for whatever was, reason. And I was just thinking, oh no, this isn't going to end one of those games, is it?
2: And it was 26, 27 games unbeaten at that point. Twenty seven
0: so like, into twenty eight. Yeah. So,
2: mm. like we, us as fans, we hadn't seen the raw lose for. I don't well, know.
1: We, well, we didn't see because the one loss that season yeah. was uh, at yeah. Etihad. So
0: I don't think they even lost at home in no. twenty ten generally because they beat Sydney as well. At the last home game of mm. the year before, so it was a long run home without a loss.
2: But yeah, I remember getting to the end of 90 minutes and I was just thinking, oh my God, I'm already exhausted because it had been really hot in the first half. We were sitting in the sun because I'd accidentally bought tickets on the oh, Eastern that's a, Grandstand. That's a rookie era. Well, no, yeah. because I, I no, meant... Mind
1: you, you don't get choice on Well, I actually
2: meant to buy tickets in the section adjacent to the den but accidentally clicked on best available. So we wound up yeah. in 325 Ooh, row, I want to say 10... Oh, we were all uni students at the time, so it wasn't too bad. <laughs> but, yeah, so we were right in line with the penalty spot where the shootout happened, but we were cooking in the first half, and they got absolutely drenched in yeah, that, that rainstorm. Yeah, that just stop,
0: in stoppage time in the first half. Yeah. Yeah, it was like two it minutes of stoppage time, and it started then. Down. And we
2: had those clap, like weird clapper things, which we sort of turned into I impromptu. Can
0: picture, I can picture you with one of those things. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, yeah, it was just... I remember getting to the end of 90 minutes and being absolutely exhausted, and then... First half of extra time, two goals for the Mariners, and I still can hear Simon Hill's commentary of first the second goal, and Bazanick surely seals the championship for the Central Coast Mariners. Mm-hmm. They're in a dog pile on the sideline, and you see Graham Arnold just grabbing them by the scruff of the neck and going, Get
1: back out on the blanking field yeah. <laughs>
2: And you know, saying it's not over, it's not over. End of the first half of extra time, what's going through your mind?
1: I was actually contemplating, oh, should I be like the five to 10,000 other people <laughs> thinking, you know, it's over. Let's beat the traffic. Let's go go home. You know, disappointment. So, but I think as uh history put, it, I think I made the right call. I time.
0: did think it was over, but I would never have left. Mm. I was no. down in the sub, yeah. in the old RCC in 310, and I had to, We'll get to, I had a perfect view of what happened after that.
2: Yeah, so going into the second half, I remember it was about 110 minutes where the Mariners started taking the ball into the corner.
0: They started, t- started taking the mick, didn't they? Yeah,
2: and I... And this was literally right in front of us. And I was going, you don't do that yet. The Raw can still, the Raw is still going to score.
0: What I remember is Mick Breen giving these ones. Yeah. 10 minutes ago, I was like, calm down, mate.
2: Yeah. And they were in the corner and I'm in front of them going, that's ridiculous. Why are you doing this with 10 minutes to go? Keep pushing. You can, you're still going to need more. And then with eight minutes to go, my friends were looking at me going, are you okay? Because they knew I was a little bit insane for this sort of stuff. (laughs) And I went, no, 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 it's okay. The Raw are going to score twice and win in a shootout. And if I was talking to more than one person from the seven that I went with that day, I'm sure they'd be able to verify. <laughs> but yeah, I just remember 112 minutes and there were these families that were getting up and leaving and I was yelling at them, probably some not nice things going, what are you doing? The that's game's still what, going.
0: That's what, I, there was a stream of people. Like, yeah. Even down the southern end, there was a lot of people just leaving during the second half of extra time. It yeah. was like a stream it's, it's of It's funny that not many out. people
1: to this day will admit that they were, but there was... I Look, maybe they're all ca- casual supporters, but there were a lot of
0: people heading to the so
2: gates uh, around about
0: about 10
1: to uh, go. I,
2: I was not leaving. At least no, five. if not, not closer to
0: 10, I reckon, I would have
2: been leaving. I'm not, I'm not going to say I always knew they were going to come back, but I said, no, not I'm staying leave. till the final yep. whistle. Uh, I know still, that much. As
0: football fans, yeah. it's the right thing to do. I yeah. was going to leave on right on full time, but I wasn't leaving beforehand.
2: Yeah, well, so was I, but that's just because I was hungry. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so then 116 minutes, ball played down the right into, I think it was
0: Broich in it the middle. Broich to Solosno. Solosno to Enrique.
2: Yep, and Enrique scores in. I've seen the replay of that about 150 times, and I keep getting confused about how many deflections the ball actually took.
0: I don't know how it beat Matt Ryan. I can't believe that went in.
2: Because he'd been a wall all day. And again, speaking of school age yeah. kids, he was like 17 at the time. Yeah.
0: He was yeah, unbelievable so. as well. Some of the saves he made in the second half of mm. normal time were f- sensational.
2: Mm. I actually remember one normal time where Broich just drilled the ball; it was right at him, but he still had to get yeah. down and palm it away. And then, yeah, two-one, game on.
0: No, yeah. I didn't think it was. Go- I thought it was just like a cruel, like, like, yeah. tor- like at least we got one back, torturous thing.
2: I don't. I just when that go in, I was like, something's going to happen here. Like, yeah, I don't no, know if it's going to be.
0: Do you remember the Enrique chance about a minute and a half later? Yes. I thought, I thought, I, I thought that thought was it. it. I thought that's it. I thought that's it. Now we're definitely done. That but, was our moment. But that
2: was also when I thought you'd had you'd had Franucci and Stefan Udo really pushing up from the fullback spot. You're going to get Bernie Abini, who, by the way, like Matt Ryan was phenomenal. Yeah, Bernie Like ever since then, they I've been one of his biggest fans. Yeah, he was yeah. unbelievable in that game. Totally turned it for yeah. the Mariners. They
0: don't score if he's not on the field. Because yeah. the amount of runs he made in behind.
2: And then... So was it Rocky Visconti for a blast yeah. from the past? I was
0: just getting ready to yep. absolutely blow up at the referee for giving that. I was a foul, but I was getting ready to absolutely blow up at the referee for giving it.
2: I would say, given the way that game was officiated, mm. I'm fine with him not blowing yeah. the whistle there. I'll take it. It's yeah. well, a clear foul. I think we can all admit it. foul.
1: I, I think it was two. two weeks in the NRL these days that hit.
2: <laughs> well, there were two shoulders going <laughs> yeah. head to head, but you know, and I think it was actually against. Was it McBreen
0: or no? I'm, no, it was the fullback. Oh, Pedge Bowich, I think. Yeah, Bowich. Yeah, and,
2: but then Bowich made the really bizarre decision to just blast the ball over the byline instead of the sideline, which then set up that corner.
0: Yep.
2: And what felt like an eternity, I'm sitting there screaming at Michael Theo going,
0: Get in the box! Get in the box! Like, is that, it was just inside his own half, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. And he, like, but it had gotten that loud in Suncorp. He was trying to yell at the bench saying, what do I do here? Yeah. And they were all just looking there. Graham Arnold's pointing at his watch, going "Times up!" Despite the fact there's still 45 seconds to go. And then Broich puts the ball into the box. Pardaloo wins the header. I see the back of the net bulge and well, blackout.
0: I saw I saw the perfect angle because it doesn't work visually. But I was on the, that 45 degree angle, looking right through the corner of the net. And as soon as he as soon as it hit his head, I knew it was in, just because of the direction the ball was heading in. And the, there's no way the keeper's getting to that. Yep. And you know, I blacked out as well. I mean, I, the next thing I remember, the penalty shootout was like two penalties in. I I don't remember the start of the shootout at all. I may have kissed everyone in the row we were sitting <laughs> <with when I'm laughs> in. Apparently. I can tell you, it was absolute bedlam in the front of yeah. 310. Even right
1: even, even the normally mild three hundred one we were in row. I think row twenty four or something through. And three hundred and one, um, and yeah, even that, like they're normally fairly reserved. But even that was just bedlam. Yeah, yeah everyone was just seen, losing everybody. their was mind. Just, and... Fifty thousand people just losing their mind. Well, was 40, end,
0: Forty-five thousand. No, I yeah. Five trying to scoot oh, yeah, back in. Yeah, of in. course, they're yeah, them. <laughs> well,
2: there were still, still a fair few people on the concourses so I yeah. think probably saw the or heard the Enrique goal and went, ah, oh, I just hang around for a few yeah. minutes, take my time going down the stairs. Next goal, all right, better get back up to our yeah. seats for the shootout, but. It was just yeah. unbelievable. And I be- think when Padalu's header went in, that is still the loudest recorded crowd roar in Suncorp State, in Australian sports, possibly. I can't
0: remember a louder, louder sound than that. No, no. No. no.
2: And yeah, so, like, I actually remember listening to, I think it was the ABC radio commentary of that as well. And Quentin Hull, who I think is an underrated game caller, had a really good like, call of it, just going, You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> who doesn't believe in this orange season or yeah. something? But it was just mental. And then we had the shootout to go.
0: Yeah, you might have to describe the start sequence. I don't remember it. I remember that. I, I remember hearing a sound like I thought Theo. They thought Theo said the, the first, first shot. Yep, Mariner's shot that's first. That's when I That's when I started paying attention again because I was out of it at that point. So
2: Mariner's shot first. I forget who it was. I forget who took the first shot, but it sort of hit Theo in the hands and bounced well, over I've him. Seen
0: the video. It was Hutchinson. Hutchinson. Yeah.
2: Okay. Then, the, then uh, was it Franić got the raws first one?
0: I think so. I think it was yeah.
2: yep. Yeah. Yeah. Then the Mariner's second Wilkinson shot. Wilkinson was second. Wilkinson got his. That was actually a very nice penalty. Partle drilled his into the bottom corner, and I think despite... I thought
0: that went wide from my angle because I had fences in the way I couldn't really see over them, so...
2: I was watching a video, and at this point, the friend that I'm still talking to, Chris, is one of my groomsmen coming up in a few months. He... He was actually videoing it but his hand was shaking it, so he had to hand it to one of the other guys we were sitting with because his hands were slightly more stable. And I should point out, Chris diehard Sydney guy, like sky blue and everything, he was there in his West Ham jersey, and even he was getting caught up in it. So oh,
1: I think I think you're not you're not a sports lover if you yank a no matter who your religious were, except for of course.
2: Then then things took a turn for the uh, Raw's favor with a brilliant save by Michael Theo on yes, Daniel McBreen. That
0: was oh that was that was a brilliant save, the first one.
2: Hmm then Matt Mackay walked up and just dispatched it quite quickly because I think he just thought, no, let's that just get this a over rubb- and done. That was
0: a rubbish penalty from Matt Mackay, too. But he sent-
2: But Ryan went the wrong way. And then, was it uh, Ped Bowich had one that was.
0: That noise hit the moon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, it was a good
2: save from Theo, though. He got his hand up to it. It was kind of not exactly the same, but a bit of a mirror of Schwarzer against Uruguay, that second one.
1: Yeah, no, like, the, oh, one of the big rates sort of pressure saves that. So. Yeah,
2: And then Enrique stepped up to take the penalty Did his little sutter step And you can still hear watching the replay Everybody in the ground just
0: (gasps) Yeah That silence right before it
2: And then everyone just lost their mind as Enrique won Brisbane's first Premiership And unbelievable
0: And the celebrations afterwards were fantastic If we could experience that once or twice more That hour after I don't miss grand final day I miss the celebrations afterwards because I hate grand finals I get completely nervous and Really enjoy the game, oh. if we could, if I could get that that feeling for an hour after the game again a couple more times, that'd be great.
2: Look, I think we can all agree. Like I, just personally, I've seen a lot of phenomenal comebacks from all the sports teams yeah. that I follow. Mm. Nothing beats That's that not Royal Grand them, Final, yeah. yeah. Like it beats this year's Super Bowl, just everything. Two yeah. goals in four minutes to send it to a shootout—you yeah. will yeah. not beat that.
0: No. Well, as a Man United fan, you had ninety-nine with the um, two goals in stoppage time, but that this is far more than that. It's just Unbelievable. I can't think of any of my sports teams. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: It's just something about who I support out in the role, so.
2: <laughs> But yeah, I thought that was just an unbelievable day. So we actually asked for some of your memories of Orange Sunday 1. Scott's just bringing those up on yep. his phone right now. Have you got them, Scott?
0: I've got a couple, starting with our Luke Wilson says his mum accidentally bought tickets in the front of the Mariners supporters bay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was about 13 at the time. He says, he, he says the heartbreaking look on the Mariners' face is something he's not going to forget. He said he absolutely lost it as well.
2: Oh, I think yeah, everyone did. What else? We there were we got a few really good ones. I thought actually. Yeah.
0: Okay. Trying to find them all now. Um. Yeah. Michael Doyle stopping five twenty six with his mum and his mate. He says he can't forget the small things like Ivan Francis' header on target hitting the hitting the ground and is not rolling over the line. I, yep. I, mean, I don't even remember that. Uh, it was. He says he was wearing his Paddle away shirt and his mate was wearing the Mackay shirt, looking around people around us leave because they thought we'd lost. Once Enrique got, got us within a goal, I knew we'd get another. My mate yelling for Paddle to get, get down for the corner and <laughs> the an elation around the... Yep. Well, it sort of puts into perspective me trying to yeah. yell at Theo. And uh, There what? is one really good story here as well from um, Kylie Dalzell. That's one I was actually looking yeah. for. She says that she was out in the outback in Queensland Il- watch, watching, the, ga- watching Cone, the game, Cone, yep. It? But I believe uh, her old man, Ian Dalzell. Um, if you've been into a lot of raw games, you know who Ian Dalzell is. The um, the raw the raw player shaved his moustache off after the after the game in celebration. So there you go. Yep, and we if got a few,
1: you know, if, you know, if you know, if you know, if you know Ian Dalzell, you know exactly know, yeah. what that
0: means.
2: Yeah, it was, and look, it's one of those strange things. I remember going back and watching the TV broadcast of the game, and it's one of those things where Simon Hill, like for. You know, whatever you might not like about it, I love him personally. Mm. He's got just that voice and skill that adds yeah. to the moment.
0: Yeah, I think he's the best. Uh, I, I think like I far. think for
1: him personally, I think he being the the, the head caller of the 2005 uh, World Cup qualifier, I thought for him that might have been the, the pinnacle, but I think this one came pretty close as
0: well. Well, he also got to Japan 2006 World Cup game in general. To, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well. But the
1: one
2: thing that actually I've heard from Simon Hill since then, he actually hates his call of the Uruguay game because... He said he got too caught up in it.
0: He thought he got too caught
2: up. <laughs> next to him. But yeah, that's just something interesting. So you actually wonder, like,
0: yeah.
2: if professionally yeah. that might actually rank higher than soccer. the is game because he just called the yeah. game as it was and it might have been a better technical one. But actually, the one thing I still remember, I think it was the next day, I actually had to go to uni. Oh,
0: and, I took the day off. Uh,
2: yeah, I wish I had because I showed up still in my raw jersey, which was drenched in... Sweat, rain, and probably several other drinks from people around <laughs> us. And I showed up. I might shout, I don't remember, but I had no voice whatsoever. And yeah. my uni, yeah. and same thing happened after Perth in yeah. 2012, where my tutors started asking me every single question. <laughs> so I had to get the person next to me to relay yeah. the answers because I was talking
1: like this. Yeah, I remember, I definitely, 2011, I don't think I stayed out. But 2012, <laughs> definitely, I Oh, yeah. I remember that. I remember the grand yeah. balls I after that. So,
2: but, oh, don't <laughs> just leaving the. I just remember, like leaving the stadium after that game. I just sat down and was like, "Did that yeah. just really happen?"
0: Yeah, I remember. I went and got some firm with some mates after the game, and then we went over to a couple of the pubs on Caxton Street. My goodness. Yeah. I was completely drained after that game because it was such an emotional it, game. It took me like a week to recover from yeah. that. Just being in stadium, yeah. getting it back and forth, back well, and I don't forth. think I got out of bed on Monday. On <laughs> Tuesday, I only got out of bed because it was the raw, the parade in town. So I went in and watched that. <sighs> oh, so that's I, the, I think that's the only reason I could be bothered getting up and moves, moving. So I think
2: I was going to go to the parade, but I was, like you said, just yeah. that drained. You <laughs> I I prof- can wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On, but that, that was when I was still trying to be a committed student.
0: Yeah, those—that's overrated.
2: But uh, I think that was some fun memories of what yeah. was an absolutely unbelievable uh, day. It's, it's
1: it, for me, like I says it's, it's the highlight of you know, you know following the A League you know, for the eleven or so years that's been on. So like, let's hope yeah. there's many more to come
0: because that whole season was surreal, given what we'd been through the year before. Mm. Just to go from that to what we, what we were privileged to witness was,
2: and also consider the fact that what. Two months before the season starts, there were all these reports that Poster might be getting the sack.
0: Well, I will say this. I did speak to Andrew Postacoglu the very, no, the second day of pre-season. No, it was the first day of pre-season at Brisbane City. We were just, a couple of us were leaning on the fence in the the pre-game. We came over and had a chat. And we asked him what he thought the season would be like. He said, we'll be competitive. We're going to go to the Gold Coast and win in round one. Got a draw. Should have won. And we'll be super competitive this season. Well, he wasn't wrong.
2: Funny thing is, I actually remember that Gold Coast game. We, we all went down, yeah. we're sitting in the den with all the fans, and going, there's a lot of new players. Who's port <laughs> And I actually thought Broich was quite average at that point. How wrong I've been. It's why you don't trust your knee-jerk reactions. All right, I think I need to sit down after just yeah. remembering that grand yeah. final. Take a few minutes to catch my breath. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by
1: Outside90.com.
2: Welcome back to the Bruceman Football Review Podcast for the final segment of the show and if all goes to plan, the final segment from our current studio as Switch 1197 is moving into new digs next week as Scott struggles with his microphone.
0: Yes, 20 odd episodes here in this great studio, the microphones still aren't cooperative.
2: Yeah, Scott's scared to talk actually too close to it in case (laughs) the wind knocks it down.
0: But you can't actually get in touch with us, Scott. How can you do that? Yes, yeah, so if you have a podcast um, on boom and iTunes, Facebook.com, slash Brisbane Football Review, Twitter at Raw Review, and you mentioned Switch 1197, they broadcast our show. I believe it's Saturday morning. 10 a.m.
2: from yep. uh, last couple of weeks. And so. we are
0: moving studios. It's a bit bittersweet today, last day in the studio. So
2: Yes, but Scott, no, 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 put the matches away, Scott. Scott, put the matches away. That's ridiculous, James. <laughs> <laughs> it's radio. It's supposed to be ridiculous. <laughs> All right, so Adelaide United versus Brisbane Rural, Cooper Stadium, Sunday, 4 o'clock, Queensland time.
0: Before we move on, we all know football fans don't use matches, we use other things. <laughs> like I said, I didn't
1: get the
2: BCF.
0: <laughs> well,
2: yes, I can see the boat under your feet. Yeah. all right, time stats: 115, lost 15, drawn 9 against Adelaide. At Cooper Stadiums, 110, lost 7, drawn 4. Uh, yeah, or at nice. Stadium. Same thing: Coopers, Hindmarsh. It's all the same. Yeah, he doesn't like sponsorship names. Fred, it's don't even
0: call that anymore anyway, is it? Uh, who cares? Fred Stadium. Adelaide Adelaide Football
2: Stadium. There we go.
0: There we go.
2: All right, this season, 1-1 in Adelaide. I believe that was a Friday night game where Theo kept the roar in it. Yep. And then 4-0 at Suncorp Stadium, what was a very, very good game.
0: Yeah, that was a good game, actually.
2: Last meeting, yeah, round 10, 4-0. Christensen scored 2, Broich scored 1, and Jamie McLaren got a penalty at the end. That's after an Enrique handball as well. Mm -hmm. But Enrique's not there anymore.
0: I know, it's great. It's great to be able to hate Adelaide again without them having one of our former heroes.
2: (laughs) So, first question... The raw and the reds both returning from ACL midweek. Are we expecting any sort of fatigue, Adam?
1: Um, look, I think you always have to take that into account for um, for our guys. Like I said, you know, coming back from Japan is always going to be tough. But uh, there might be, I think you'll find there might be a number of changes in, from that lineup from uh, last night. So, look, it's, it's it's a factor, but it may not be so bad. Also, being you
0: know after a ten day break, Adelaide's well, got a home game as well, so they shouldn't be anywhere as fatigued as we are.
2: But one change that absolutely needs to be made, Jamie Young. Get out.
0: <laughs> Sorry, you've got a context here. James really was really upset if he got to mention this in, in the, the first game, segment. First segment yeah.
2: yeah, so Jamie Young, who can do no wrong, was not at fault at all for pa- palming the ball into the shins of the striker from Kashima who actually managed to score their second goal. Yeah, you waiter. I mean, yeah, 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 but no, no, no. No Jamie Young fault at all. He does nothing wrong, but no. it's Okay, always okay,
0: make- okay, okay, James. <laughs> I'm more annoyed about the fact we made a substitution at a corner bringing on a certain individual... Surely, surely yeah, that's so, not so an excuse. Yeah. So it
2: was Jacob Pepper's fault that Young
0: couldn't actually mm-hmm. handle the ball. It sounds like an idea to me. Uh,
1: Depend, depending on who you speak to, I think I'm not <laughs> be <laughs> no. providing
0: <laughs> well, you, don't, you don't make subs at a corner anyway. The Raw Just scored a goal a couple of years ago from a corner, so you don't. <coughs> you, don't tend, you, know, you shouldn't be making changes at corners. Anyway, this is, this is revisionist history from segment one.
2: Yeah, but at the end of the day, Theo's the number one for the club. Far and away yeah. now. Like, yeah. no. he, Theo makes his mistakes, but he doesn't do stupid stuff like that.
1: Yeah, no, I think uh, yeah, you, you have to draw a strong argument to say that, yeah, Michael Theo, he's the number one, he will be for the rest of the season. Yeah. And that, I think that's the end of that. I think, If we are yeah. taking
0: match day four seriously as quickly, James, you'd be starting Theo at home. Yep, Just play him in the home game.
2: Definitely, especially with the trip to Perth yeah. coming up. I'd actually almost consider swapping the goal, the goalies for that That'd one. That would work well, though, actually, yeah. Well, And also, you know, I think we can put to bed the Jamie Young doesn't concede any goals argument <laughs> considering he's shipped <laughs> nine <laughs> in his last two games. And but it was of a course, nice little
0: run he was on though.
2: Yeah, oh, absolutely. But no, it was all the fault.
0: Actually, I think did he start that Adelaide game? No,
2: no. What Hang which, on? He did.
0: He did. played an Adelaide game. Probably was that game actually? Yeah. yeah. He kept a clean sheet, what he didn't have all year. So.
2: Yeah, but then he once again he's given up nine in the last. Okay, two. James. Okay. I'm sorry, but <laughs> you know my problem with the fact that you know everyone says Jamie Young does nothing yeah. wrong and mm-hmm. you know could yeah. kick Matt McKay in the face and be. Forgiven yeah. for that.
1: No, I just I just don't take them seriously anymore. Mm. Jacob Pepper. Scott, you want him to start, don't you?
0: <sighs> Absolutely. I reckon he's just the sort of impact we need in the middle of our midfield. Well, kind I... of all tackling, all leg tackling, no ball, no passing. That's exactly what our midfield needs, James.
2: But there could actually be a hole in the midfield because Matt Mackay was uncharacteristically subbed off yeah. last night.
0: In all seriousness, probably if Mackay is injured, he is going to be playing because it's the logical replacement. There's not, not many other options available, unfortunately. So he would be playing. So mm. hopefully Matt McKay is fit for a number of reasons because he's a fantastic player, Matt McKay, We need him.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And just as a captain, you kind of need that leadership again because the Raw are entering another busy patch. Yep. Not as busy as last time, but it's still Without going to Devere,
0: be very... De Devere, Christensen or Bowles. There's a whole bunch of players out already. You don't need any more.
1: Absolutely. Adam, what are you
0: thinking for the midfield?
1: Uh, yeah. Look, I think uh, the inevitable will be probably if, if Mackay is out. I think Bear Pepper's in. I think he's, you know he's a, he's a logical choice, you know, for like for like. So, you know, let's just hope that you now he can actually have a have a decent game. Hopefully,
2: well, look, you can never rule out a player coming into form. I suppose.
0: <laughs> Are you waiting for me to say something here, James? Or what? that's why I'm looking <laughs> at you. Well, I think we should talk about uh, something else about the game.
2: All right, so. Best case scenario for the Raw. They win, that can actually move them up into third depending on the Melbourne City yeah. result. How much pressure do you think is on them to actually get a good game here?
0: I think third and fourth is kind of much in a much less interest. I think top four is what matters. We need the home game week one. Where who it's against doesn't really matter. I think week two as well is not much of a difference in who you play. There. It's a yeah. difficult task no matter what. We're looking way ahead here and making a lot of assumptions, but... The, 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 third uh, or fourth is not much difference. I
1: guess the prize if you finish third is is obviously that uh, well, who knows what the AFC will do, but at this stage it's a Champions League spot. But you know, Put really, you in uh, the same after we're in now, yeah. But uh, realistically, after this campaign, do we really want to finish third? You know, it's rather than the prestige of it all. But you know, as we've debated on the show, but you know, maybe fourth wouldn't be such a bad thing. But I
2: feel like right now the A League has to just jump up about twelve hundred percent in pro- priorities because hmm. now you've. That's your main yeah. hope of achievement this year. Well,
0: so we've I, got four weeks now between championship games, anyway. So you absolutely focus on these games now.
2: But yeah, and just looking at it from a perspective, obviously, premier's plate is out of race. Is that premier's plate is out of reach. The race for second, probably a little bit optimistic to think that they're going to take I just, down. I just victory. can't see
1: victory, you know, bombing their last four games. And like I said we probably play them once in that run. But um, the rest yeah. of their
0: games are manageable home games as well. I can't see them dropping enough points.
2: Yeah. Manageable home games. What are they, Perth?
0: No, well, Mariners is one. So there's...
2: But yeah, so you'd have to say second spot is out of yeah. out of reach as well. Go for third place because, look, in a one-off finals game, I think we've seen the victory throughout this season. While they're still very, very good, they are probably, I would say, a touch, you know, of nine out of ten difficulty compared to ten out of ten difficulty going from Sydney to Melbourne. yeah. You'd want that second round matchup against the Victory. I think it's a tough
0: matchup by the way. Andrew. Oh, it's a
2: tough matchup, but I still feel like if you're going to have a better chance in round two, you want to give yourself every advantage possible, right?
0: Well, then you've got to factor in Sydney's a slightly better team than Melbourne Victory, but I reckon Sydney's slightly better than it's in Melbourne. I mean, the last three trips we've had the Melbourne Victory have been horrendous.
1: But also, but also so I've got to factor in account before we even think about you know, either victory or Sydney, depending on if you or fourth. Like I said, there's an elimination yeah, final. You've got to win that
0: game. That was no. making segment one. That's not a foregone conclusion. That's why I said I wouldn't write the Champions League campaign off yet, because you never know what's going to happen.
2: True. Well, I suppose the only thing the Raw can really do right now is take care of their own business. Yep. But outside of that, around the A-League, Saturday 6.50pm, you've got Melbourne City against Newcastle Jets. And I think I was saying before we started, this game could be either a 4-4 or a 0-0.
0: It could very well be either of those. Yeah, I think it's a big game for Newcastle, actually, given the results that have happened. They need to keep picking up points in this hunt for sixth place.
2: Yeah. Adam, what are you looking for from Western Sydney Wanderers against Wellington Phoenix Sunday night?
1: I think also as well, this is equally as important for both sides. They're both, you know, potentially it could give them a leapfrog into the top six with, with three to play after this. So, I look, I think this game will be a draw. Yeah. But um, like I said, important for both sides that you know if, if one or the other can get the win, you know that's going to really enhance their hopes for the finals.
0: It's a spotless stadium. It's still winless at, at that ground for Western Sydney. It's unbelievable.
1: All right, so let's get some predictions for this
2: weekend. We're just going to go with the raw because split round and whatnot. So Adam, let's start with you.
1: I think Raw will win 3-1. One
0: one
2: I'm going to go. I'm going to middle it and say two nil. All right. That's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. I would say thank you to the Switch 1197 studios, but the actual building itself is an inanimate object and can't (laughs) actually hear me. So, (laughs) yeah, it's been fun in here, and hopefully we'll be coming to you next week from our brand-new studios. Scott, Adam, thanks for your time tonight. Yeah, thanks, James. Thanks, Scott. to our listeners. Yep. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com.